All right. uh, Big news out of the States. Yesterday, you probably heard Donald Trump signed the executive order to end separating asylum seekers from their kids. It apparently has a bit of a loophole, though. We're joined by our uh, Global News Bureau chief in Washington. His name is Jackson Prosco, friend of the program. Jackson, how you doing? Great to be with you, Kelly. Well, thanks for being here. So... First of all, what exactly does the executive order that Trump signed yesterday entail? So it does say that you're right. Children will no longer be separated from their parents if they're arrested after crossing the border illegally. But what it means in return is that now you'll have entire families incarcerated indefinitely in these settlement centers, in these temporary facilities that are being built. So that means those children will now be held uh, for as long as it takes for the entire family to get an immigration hearing. And right now the courts are severely, severely backlogged. Okay, so is that the loophole they're talking about or is there another one? No, that is the loophole. I mean, at the end of the day, the president is still choosing to enforce his own zero tolerance policy here, uh, which says that anyone who crosses the border illegally, even if they're trying to claim asylum, uh, will be prosecuted criminally. So yesterday I was watching, uh, you know, the feeds on Twitter and I watch yours. uh, And I also follow Michael Moore, who was tweeting out, I don't know if you saw it, that he was at LaGuardia and he said protesters are here at LaGuardia. Uh, We're protesting Trump kidnapped children from the uh, border to immigration and customs uh, enforcement facilities here in New York City. Was that just happening in New York or was it happening elsewhere? Yeah, the the main protests were there, but I can tell you the protest movement as a whole against these policies is really growing. Uh, In fact, uh, on June 30th, so that's next weekend, uh, we're expecting massive protests in at least 150 cities, but focused here on Washington, D.C. The the public outrage about this isn't going away. And even though the president backed down by not separating kids, I think when people see what the alternative is, this indefinite family detention, I think there will be just as much outrage and we'll hear just as many heartbreaking stories as we have this week. Jackson, why do you think it's taken so long for the international community and, you know, media to get onto this story? Apparently, you know, we're up to 12, uh, 20, sorry, 2000 plus kids that have been separated from their parents since April. I mean, that's two months in. Yeah, I think uh, people didn't necessarily recognize what the consequences would be when the Trump administration announced this back in April. Uh, And it was only when those heartbreaking stories started to emerge and the fact that people started to realize that uh, the way the system works is not conducive to reuniting parents and children once they've been separated by the U.S. government. I actually had a chance this week to speak with the former head of ICE, which is Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which deals with these apprehensions and deportations. Uh, The short of it, Kelly, is that parents, the adults, go into one side of the justice system the children go into another and the two don't really reconnect at any point and the adults might be deported from the country within uh, just a couple of weeks and the children can take years for their cases to be heard and processed and uh, spend that time in foster care then it's really hard to reconnect once the adult is back somewhere in Central America not speaking English not Mm -hmm. having access to a lawyer or the money to navigate the US criminal courts yeah I think it's important to stress these people are coming up because they're asylum seekers and when asked about you know the possibility of being separated from their kids they don't like that idea but it's better than the possibility of death at home yeah and that's that's what the former head of ice uh made a point of saying is he said you know they have no alternative but to try and do this you're right it is still better they would spend every cent that they have to try and get to the united states uh on the the chance that it gets them to a better life or at least their children to Mm -hmm. a better life You, you were talking about reconnecting and the possibility of reconnecting because these uh people are in different streams um one is homeland securities the other i think is to do with the healthcare system Um, I'm hearing that this executive order is not grandfathered. Is that correct? 
Yeah, and that explains why we don't know what's going to happen to the 2,300 children who are separated in the last eight mm-hmm. weeks or so. Uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen, was asked about this today, and she couldn't answer. All she said is, well, the president has changed the policy, but that doesn't explain what's going to happen to these children uh, who are scattered in places all across the country. I mean, they've been moved so far away from the border now, and again, in many cases, their parents have already been deported back to Central America. We know that the international community is outraged about the separation of children from parents that are asylum seekers. Uh, You just said that, um, you know, there are several protests planned where American citizens are going to get out and protest what's going on. Give us an idea of where Washington sits and how people are um, viewing the Trump administration and what they're doing to asylum seekers. What's the feeling in the nation's capital? Yeah, I mean, I think for all the controversy that has enveloped this administration for the past year and a half, this one felt completely different. And maybe that's just because Republicans were even standing up to the president, the leader of their own party, and saying, this is unacceptable, we won't stand for this. Uh, or maybe it's the international condemnation. But something has certainly felt different. It kind of prompted the president to change his policy here, for sure. Uh, and you're just you're just not finding support for this policy, uh, really, from any corner. I think that's the bottom line here. I don't know if if, uh, you have seen the cover of Time magazine, but for the sake of uh, people listening, if you haven't seen it, the latest Time magazine cover is, uh, well, it just says Time across the top, as they all do. It's got a red background. In white letters, uh, smaller font than Time, it says, Welcome to America. There's a small child looking up, crying, visibly distressed, uh, looking up at Donald Trump with his arms at his side, basically looking unsympathetic, unimpressed, just looking down on the kid. And, you know, the headline is Welcome to America. Needless to say, this this Time magazine is probably not going to be framed and hung in any of his golf clubs. Um, But what does this say uh, on on a broader scale? Well, I just I think it really speaks to, to how wild this is. I mean, first of all, I don't think anyone should be surprised that these are the policies that the Trump administration tried to enact. Uh, we seem really willing to forget the entire election campaign, where on day one, when he announced his candidacy, Trump called Mexicans rapists and accused Mexico of sending people across the border to bring crime and drugs to the United States. I'm not sure what type of immigration policies people thought they were going to get out of Donald Trump, but he has been blatantly clear from day one that he is a hardliner on this, that he has no patience for immigrants, whether they be from Central America, whether they be Muslims, which he called on the U.S. to ban. So I think that's the the thing to keep in mind here. Uh, But also keep in mind that the president is really now trying to recast himself as the hero in the crisis that he created by now repealing this after saying he didn't have the power to repeal it. So it's all really... Very political and very bizarre. Yeah, it's interesting because he also said something, and I'm going to paraphrase here because I, I, you know, heard the clip yesterday. It shook my head. Something about, you know, it's better to be tough than have a heart. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Uh, and he's, well, he said you, you either have to uh, have a heart or you have to be tough, and people then don't think you have a heart. Personally, I'd rather be tough. Yeah, he's really uh, sending out a mixed message, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think it's so strange that after all that hardline talk about immigration, after campaigning on that very fact, he was then so reluctant to own his own policy, which was perfectly on brand for his administration. That really strikes me as odd, but they were coming up for a while with every excuse in the book as to why these child separations were taking place, when the fact is they came out and very clearly announced that they were going to do this, and then they hinted that they were going to do this more than a year before they actually did it. Needless to say... 
when you're enjoying a cocktail for cocktail hour in Washington, D.C., I imagine you have some amazing conversations with other media types down there, Jackson. Yeah, even more so. Sometimes it's better to just overhear what people are talking about at the other tables because typically they're people who work in government or in media, and it's just it's all anybody is talking about. It certainly was when I was out for dinner last night. Well, Jackson, I appreciate your time as always, and thank you so much for being here. My pleasure.